What's up, it's John Savage. Uh, there's a million things we all want to do, but how to do them all. So I'm going to try help unpack all those things, podcasting, AI, and tech, so that you don't have to worry about the how. Welcome to the Wasteland episodes. Why the Wasteland episodes? Because I actually started a podcast in 2016 called The Digital Caveman. And it was all about like uh, interviewing the smartest minds that were trying to navigate the digital world. And if um, I spoke to some amazing people from all around the world, there are about 10 episodes. And I'm just going to dump them all here uh, from 2016. I don't know if I said that or not. Um, I thought they were pretty interesting. Uh, they're kind of out of date at this moment. So one thing it might inspire you to, it might just give you context of what's happened in the last few years. And three, you can hear some of the brightest minds in the digital space speaking sometimes way ahead of their time, sometimes during their time. <laughs> All right. And then um, here's 10 episodes that I'm just dropping. And then after that, we'll go to the uh, the next stuff. All right. The world of advertising, entrepreneurship, technology, and innovation are in a new era of transformation. It's tough out there. And there are no rules. That's why we all need to group together and help each other out of the darkness into the light. We are all digital cavemen. This is the Digital Caveman Podcast, brought to you by Thread. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back. This is Digital Caveman. Welcome to another episode. It's me, John Savage. We are in Joburg and Randburg in Bromfisher Road. It's a big road full of big buildings and uh, very privileged to have someone who I've known for very many years. Haven't seen for quite a few of them, though who is the executive editor of uh, Don't Look Down Productions, who basically service MNET predominantly. Is that right? Do you want to just describe your title? Okay. It would be easier coming from you. Okay, sorry. I think <laughs> just one or two things I need to correct there, John. So, yeah, I'm the executive editor for Don't Look Down Entertainment, which is one division of our company. So there's Don't Look Down, yeah. there's Don't Look Down Productions, there's Don't Look Down Entertainment, and the combined companies form what we referred to as a convergence agency, TV, digital, oh. indivisible. So my role is really on the digital side and Glenn's role uh, is executive producer and also owner of Don't Look Down Productions and mm. we work together in a partnership along with others. Right. So the thing you were saying earlier that was interesting was that a big part of your job is to try and navigate where does a station like MNET or where does traditional TV fit into the new model mm. of integrating digital mm. into traditional? And where, where are you on that overall? I mean, because that's, that's the battle. Now you've just had Netflix mm. introduced into the country, but at the same time, uh, from what I read, they've already sort of sold off the rights to a whole lot of, of their programming to um, MNET and to DSTV and Showmax. So that puts you an advantage for maybe a year or so, but what happens next? Well, you, you have to understand that what you're seeing now is not new to this particular business who is our client. They've anticipated this for over 10 years. They've known, you know, multi-choice, ultimately Nusparis is an internet company that had its foundations in television. So, you know, the group has been investing in internet companies the world over. Um, but if we could just go back uh, a step, because suddenly raised the Netflix thing, which is very current, there's, there, there's a lot more history to this and a, lo a lot more involvement. And I think I'd prefer to just talk about that a little bit first. So let's go back to 2001. All right. So, All right. So 2001. Idols. Yes. Big Brother. You know, and what you have there is possibly, you know, the first real 
digital integration into TV. You know, technology enabled the audience to engage with these shows in a real and meaningful way and influence the outcome of So at that time, we're talking about how were they engaged? They were SMSing or... SMSing, contributing in forums, all these digital platforms were basically, you know, and it it, it was at that stage very simply around one major dynamic. Who do you want to win this show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is the best of everybody you've seen? And you could then determine and influence the outcome of that show. And that power is really where, for me, to a large extent, that that digital convergence is born. Mm. You know, the moment that's not just a passive consumption of a TV show, it's you're actively involved in it. And I think that really opened up mm. new opportunities. So we've so been now you're influencing in the outcome of the actual show with the rise of mm. an advent of new technologies that are faster, quicker, mm. and enable all of this kind of thing creates a whole lot of opportunities. Now your audience not only can determine the outcome of the show, but they can also engage with your brand, Mm. your show, and even more importantly, Heinz Winkler, I love you. (laughs) And Heinz Winkler responds. Right, yeah, yeah. Which is what we were facilitating, Mm, mm. is completing that that loop. You know, the consumption pattern is not just you're passively watching, Mm. you're actively engaged, but now the people that are part of this reality uh, phenomenon mm. are also engaging with their fans and developing, you know, further fan bases. And now you start seeing in the mid 2000s the birth of social platforms. Mm. And for us at that stage, the social platform was a forum, <laughs> you know, so you enabled the audience to come and, you know, engage with you. And then you ensured that the talent from these shows was mm. engaging reciprocally, you know, and that communication thing loop really formed the basis of my uh, path specifically around TV and what was possible Mm. with the rise of, you know, digital audiences and these kinds of reality formats. And as a result, you've seen now, I mean, what are we, 2015, 15 years later? We're 2016. 2016. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) From 2001, you are like... Yeah, yeah. Yes, 2016. (laughs) Um, The Voice. Yes. We're still, you know, the, and Idol's the biggest season we've seen yet. Oh, that's amazing. Leading <laughs> the charge in digital future. You are listening to the Digital Caveman Podcast, brought to you by Thread. Okay, so that, that's really, so are you saying that your big focus is on specifically shows that are, have a two-way conversation? What about shows that are, uh, yeah. that are traditional drama series or stuff like that, and you still have to compete with the idols and there's, to find new ways of engaging that audience. Even more complex is what used to be the pattern was there are zones for release. So that later season of Breaking Bad has the the fall in Mm. the US. It's only coming to this market a few months later. You know, so to now you rely on a social, uh, you know, to have a, a, a massive social conversations the outcome of Game of Thrones was already known before the show had even started. Mm-hmm. And to that effect, business like Mnet, how they stay relevant, is to have a product like Express from the US, where it's 100% similar cost. So that's actually been tremendously valuable for us to bring in you know, a bigger audience mm-hmm. and engage with a global trending 
group of Game of Thrones yeah. fans, for argument's sake. So, were you up at 3 a.m. on a Monday morning to watch? To watch with what you would have world. encountered yeah. was a global phenomenon happening, mm. you know, live. And I think that's really what we have. It's not the reality format that we're chasing. Mm. It's more that live engagement. When that show is on, mm. that is when the audience is plugged in. That's when it's trended. That's when it really has the biggest, broadest digital reach. Right. And that's what we capitalize on. When it comes to soaps and reality shows and you know stuff that you... You, you can still, while you're watching the show, do multiple things. You know, we are asking you to vote. We're asking for your comments. And in many instances, for us, the goal, the real place you want to be, is bringing that engagement into the nature of the show. And if you look at Supersport, this mm. is what they do so incredibly successfully. Yeah. The live game, and during halftime, you see the tweets that mm -hmm. are sort of cherry-picked from the conversation. And that, of course, then is a reward system, and it creates you know, amplification, etc., etc. Cool. To get out of the cave and move into the future, you need to be an innovator. You need to be a digital caveman. So what I wanted to ask you was, because you, you're in a nice, unique position that your product that you're engaging people around is entertainment. So, yes. so, so it's a very exciting outcome. But say, you know, um, a lot of people have to sell toilet paper at the end of the day. So what my question is, what do you find in, in your experience is the rules of engagement to genuinely um, create conversation, to genuinely engage your audience, and get them involved in what you are talking about? I think, you know, it's a, it's a combination of things. First of all, you know, the contemporary trends ring true for all. You have a brand, people want to get closer and engage with your brand. Before you used to see billboards and traditional press where you would have a spec for mm. a car. Now you just have a URL or a hashtag. You know, so there's, a, there's already a, a built-in sort of uh, process that we naturally follow based on the technology that has got us to this point. You want to find out about that brand. So it starts there, mm. you know, and for me, one of, as a, someone who is working on Mnet's digital policy for, you know, engagement with future audiences and even current audiences, the first step of it would be directing your audience on where to go. I see it so many times that that single point, the starting point of your engagement is forgotten. Mm. Look, on Twitter, you're still going to have fans that are already engaging, that, but you don't own that conversation. Yeah. You can't direct that conversation and you can't entice that audience with the rich products that you have. So if I put a hashtag up on the new voice billboard, I've already seeded content yeah. around there that are teasers, what's coming up, what you can expect, go behind the scenes, look at this. And already you just, you, you have a little more control mm. of that environment. You've touched on a really important topic and, and it's something that is constantly comes up in discussions that we have and that is how important is, is the website yeah. as opposed to its Facebook or Twitter page. And there seems to be a lot of confusion in the market. What I hear you saying is that website is actually key to to creating a home for all that stuff or it's an important part and it's like for me really like fundamentally what i've been tackling for for two years in this policy yeah. very closely owned versus earned platforms mm. and you see it time and time again major brands five years ago it was very easy for them to develop 
their, their, their homepage, if you will, their mm. destination as Facebook. Yeah. For us, it's always, do you want to control the experience your audience has? Yeah. And do you want to ensure that it's a good experience? And do you always want to have a place where you can see all of the programming, all of the video is there? Are you saying that like Game of Thrones is an example? Mm -hmm. If you were to compare actual DSTV domain website views versus its social media local page? Let's position this in a different way. Okay. Okay. Which is YouTube versus the DSTV media player. Mm -hmm. This right. is a topical okay. issue. In the player environment, we have the ability to upsell you into other services. Okay, so I would rather have you watching it there. If I'm going to put it on YouTube, I cannot control the experience you're going to have on YouTube. Yes. So for us, when we get to that point of whether it's going to go onto YouTube or whether it's going to go to a player, which business is more important to us? One. I need to satisfy the needs of the advertisers mm. who are the headline sponsors. And in this way, I can control what ads you're seeing when you watch on the player. The play on the player. I cannot do it. So yeah. let's say Chelsea so are behind this particular show. Yeah. Sitting on YouTube, suddenly Suggest there's Vodacom. a Vodacom yeah. ad. Absolutely. You know, major, major, major concerns. It's yeah. not to say that we don't use these social platforms yeah. in many ways to bring audience through, but still the home of where you're really going to monetize and control and build and develop the audience to your assets mm. is on the owned space. So for us, the website is still a crucial part mm. of that development. This is Digital Caveman Podcast. This is Digital Caveman Podcast. Brought to you by, brought to you by Thread. I know I don't have a lot of time, so this is wrapping up questions. So 15 years, what, what would you say in this space, since mm. you went on this path, were the biggest mistakes you made <laughs> um, that you obviously still see a lot of other people making and the second part of that question is what you're finding currently to be your biggest obstacles to really win in that space. Well, I, th I think the biggest challenge, if I, if I can probably put it that way, is to help uh, organization focused on a traditional media on how to embrace these new platforms, mm -hmm. how to use them to best effect that doesn't destroy and cannibalize your own business. Yeah. So to help an organization understand how to use these platforms to their ultimate advantage. And the interesting lesson for me has been that even though you can watch what you want, when you want, where you want, it's an isolated experience. You're not part of a bigger moment. Mm. When you look at any major event in TV history, an OJ trial, Princess Diana getting married. It's a global event that was live. And I think going back to Supersport, mm. those live events are still driving a very key part of subscriptions. Mm -hmm. So for us, that's a very important moment to capitalize on. Idols, you can PVR it, yeah. sure. Yeah. But if you PVR it and you weren't there at 5.30 on Sunday... You've lost out on the conversation. I like that version of TV, the one that creates community. Cool. Very last question, and then we leave cool. you alone. 
something I've always seen from since I first met you, you're, you're definitely uh, a one of a kind in terms of a visionary. And because you're playing right in this market, where do you see a client like, I mean, I mentioned Eminent because they're obviously an important client to you. Where do you see this industry in South Africa in five years time? As a company that is creative, we are, as you are, absorbed by the process and the narrative and the making of the jazz, <laughs> which is why we're involved in TV production as well. Mm. But I think if you really ask me where it's going, I think the integration of digital into this programming will become a lot more intrinsic, you know, that, that engagement will become part of the show. And we've been working on those kinds of shows for, for some time now, where engagement actually is, is the, the cornerstone yeah, of, yeah. you know, and whether it be the, you know, MTV pop-ups and the information you used to see or, you know, the mm. message, the strap and, you know, now we have all these social platforms so we have all these profiles and we're now bringing all these profile people into the fabric of the show. It becomes a lot more real than an SMS vote, mm. which was mm. just a name and a number, you yeah. know, now it's actually... It's dialogue. You know, yeah. John, who is from Cape Town and has this profile, has commented on this show oh. and is actually part of the fabric of mm. that show. And I think more and more of that uh, will be of interest to us specifically. Robin Kelly, what a pleasure. Thank mm. you very much for joining us in the Digital Cave and shedding a little bit of light. Good. Thank you, John. Cool. This was the Digital Caveman Podcast. If you know any digital pioneers that you'd like for us to talk to or have any questions, mail us at digitalcaveman at thread.co.za and we'll get on them. If you'd like to make a comment or get in touch, find Thread on Facebook and give us a like. Thread-Digital Productions and Deployment. You